to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Take all the glory, all the glory, my Lord. Come on, whisper that to him. And take all the glory, all the glory, almighty Lord. Take all the glory, all the glory, oh Lord. I'm so glad to see you. Praise God. I'm so glad to see you this evening. And for those who are joining online, I'm also glad to see you this evening. Comment where you're watching from. Who knows? Yeah. But we're so glad to see you all this evening, both our physical and our virtual audience. Oh, Rabbi. Glory, glory, glory. Ah, praise God. You know, I, I see people here who are about to catch it. You know what I mean? Like, they're about to catch it at a level you've never caught it before. Uh, I'll tell you what, what inspired this. I was... One of our new members sent me a message because they heard me. I was telling them, saying, you have caught it. Otherwise, I can see those watching virtually. I see Mahongo, Grace, Miriam, Bethel, Mbawemi, Tamandani, and all the rest, Rema, all of you. I can see you. So now, um, one of our members actually asked me, saying, Pastor, you told me I have caught it. What does that mean? Do you have any write-up on that? I wanted to send them the old sermon on it, but oh my goodness, the quality back then. And, and I thought, you know, um, with increased revelation, we might as well have something that we will... <laughs> yeah, we might as well have something that will forever be a memorial. And we can grow on it. There is such a thing as catching it. As I was worshiping God and just thanking him for his faithfulness, I was looking back at my journey in the faith. You find you can be exposed to sermons all your life. 
And for those who are watching, keep tagging names. Like just tag 15, 20, 30. If they hate you, let them hate you for a good reason. Like that person just always tagging me in sermons, tagging me in sermons. I'm sure God wouldn't mind that. But nevertheless, there is that moment when you catch it. There is that moment when it becomes real to you. There is that moment when you make progress. Of course, there is the initial one of salvation. But there are those, you know, those moments which you know, that one propelled me. Interestingly, you can have that every day. Because eventually, it can become a choice. Eventually, spiritual growth is a choice. You know that? Eventually, spiritual growth is a choice. Look at Jude, chapter 1, if there is such a thing, because it's only one chapter. What's our favorite? We, we usually quote two verses from Jude, right? We quote verse 20, and we quote verse 24. Do you know we quote verse 24 a lot? Or maybe you've heard it, but you've never read it. So you just quote it without the verse. Look at verse 24. Just for your sake. Now to him who's able to keep you from stumbling. You're always quoting this in your prayers. Now you've known, right? But <laughs> perhaps let's take some time to look at verse, um, verse, the argument. I want you to see the argument that builds up to verse 20, okay? Let's look at verse 16. And uh, can media advise me if I am connected? Let's look at verse 16. I'm not getting a response. Okay. It says, these are grumblers. I just hope you're not in this category. <laughs> Imagine the Bible describing a certain people like this. Now, Observe this. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. Just continue for me. Or is it working now? Was that you or me? Okay. Can somebody... But you, beloved... Remember the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. Next verse. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. So we have been shown this category of people. They are grumblers, they are complainers, they walk according to their own lusts, they do whatever they want. And then you're being told, don't be like them. Then in the next verse, you're told the instead. Next verse. But you, beloved, building yourselves in the most holy faith. Meaning you can actually make a choice. Like for you, it's a, I don't know if you're getting my point. Like while everybody's doing all those things, you can come to a decision that for you, you'll be building yourself in the most holy faith. So you can actually sit today and say, hey, you know, next week, I want to make some progress spiritually. You can make that decision. 
And it starts with sermons like this when you learn to catch it. So tonight's sermon is entitled, Catching It. Or rather, Catch It. Acts 14 and verse 8. I just want us to see something. And for some of us, I might be taking us down memory lane in terms of certain experiences of our lives. For others, this is that moment. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting. A cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This was another level of being crippled. Because he was crippled in the womb. And the man had no experience of walking. No experience of jumping. No experience of running. No experience of any of those things. Somebody here may be believing over something that may be chronic. Something that you were born with. Something that you didn't ask for. This is that moment. Verse 9. This man heard Paul speaking. Take note of the word heard. Now, Paul wasn't preaching to one person at that moment. But there was something particular about this man. He heard Paul speaking. He heard Paul speaking. There's something that that message did to him. Now, as we interact with the scriptures further, you will see that it may not have been about Paul's eloquence. After all, Paul never boasted about his eloquence of speech. It may not have been about his use of words, his use of, uh, his use of the grammar, his use of idioms and, and, and all sorts of things we may, we may speak of. It may not have been about any of those things. But something happened. He heard Paul speaking. What's your name? Come on, mention your name out loud. What is happening to you as you're hearing the word? This man heard Paul speaking. And notice this, the Bible says, Paul observing him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed. Now, this one was not an act of God. There are certain miracles which were more of an act of God. It's just like, you know, like, you know what? I'm just going to demonstrate the power. So come here. Uh, the guy is waiting for money. Fix your eyes on me. The guy, is, he, he, he didn't have faith for healing. He had faith for money. You, you know what I'm talking about. Acts 3, right? It says, fix your eyes on us. And then he says, silver and gold have I not, but such as I have, I give unto thee. Rise up and walk. You observe that there are certain miracles that Jesus did, that the apostles did, that it was them bullying. It was, you know, that dominion and the like. But then there are some who Jesus was very clear what made them whole. Where he says, you, your faith. Where he says, for, for that woman with the issue of blood, it was her faith that made her whole. Jesus didn't even have any interaction with the power before it left to her. 
She obtained it herself. <laughs> she, lit she literally defined Kachinit. <laughs> she literally went and caught it herself. So the Bible says, Paul, Paul observing in, intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. There was something about what the way he heard, it built up something in him. He had faith in him to be healed. And what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So as he was hearing the words, who knows, maybe Paul repeated the words of Peter and maybe at that point he was, talk, he was saying how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The man was hearing. And when he, at that point maybe he's thinking, oh, he was such a lovely man, I wish I met him. And then now when Paul said, and he rose from the dead and is here with us, he was like, then I'm, if he's here, then hey, why should I be crippled anymore? So... What happened to this man? He caught it. There was something he caught and it was observable. Paul could tell this one has grabbed a hold of it. So what did Paul do? He said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. The man didn't stand. Give me Acts 3. Give me Acts 3. Give me Acts chapter 3. I want to show you something. <laughs> Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went up together to the temple. At the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, let's continue. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb, we see another person lame from the mother's womb, was carried. Hey, what is God saying about chronic things today? No, no, I was born with this asthma. Okay. Maybe because of that asthma, there's a way your chest is shaped. It can be reshaped. I, I believe in... <laughs> And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. And they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Why? Because, you know, when people were entering the temple, they were feeling very religious and holy. So at least they would maybe leave a few coins here and there. And who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. What was he expecting? Expecting to receive something from them. And we know what he was expecting. Money. That's why Peter gave a preamble and said, Silver and gold I do not have. But that which I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Notice. That man, Peter says, rise up and walk. Observe that Peter then had to stretch his hand and lifted him. Peter lifted him. And immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength. You could see it was, it was that dominion. But compare now with the other man. Go back to Acts 14. We're in verse 9. Eh? Some of you have already caught it because these things are spiritual. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. What happened? Uh-huh. Said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. The man didn't wait to be healed. The man didn't wait to be lifted. Notice the Bible says, listen, the man didn't just stand. The man leaped. <laughs> he leaped and walked. He didn't just stand, he leaped and walked. Do you know that tonight you can be catapulted? As in this very night, your faith can soar to greater levels. Why can this be that night where you become a prayer warrior? 
why can't this be that night where you become a serious firebrand minister how many more messages do you need to hear before you start healing the sick no how many more messages do you need to hear this can be the one it's it's about preparing your heart with faith ladies and gentlemen we are talking about catching it praise god i've gone ahead of myself what i was trying to say is that the man caught it <laughs> nevertheless <laughs> matthew chapter 13 and you know being a pastor i'll tell you something i've been i can observe a person notice paul was able to observe one gift that a pastor must naturally develop and if you're a leader or you're intending to be a leader you must have i'm calling it gift um, not because it's listed as a spiritual gift i think it's a discipline i think it's a it's a growth it's a it's a it's a level of discernment it's what i it's what we can call discernment by maturity let me tell you what i mean because you know when, when i'm talking in church i don't like to um say things and not show you where they are when i say discernment by maturity what i mean is this um when you read first corinthians chapter 12 and when you read verse 7 to 9 and it shows us the spiritual gifts we are shown there's the gift called discernings of spirits it's a manifestation of the spirit so it can come upon you in a certain moment and you can distinguish spirits but in hebrews 5 we are shown another discernment which is more of a discipline. Look at it, verse 11. Okay. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. It doesn't even say unknowledgeable, it says unskilled. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So this one is not a discernment that needs like a manifestation of the Spirit to come upon you. You've, you've, you've trained your senses. <laughs> like, <laughs> your spiritual senses are alert. And I can tell you something by virtue of being a pastor. I can tell when a person has caught it. I'm telling you, I've seen some people come to church and for, for weeks, months, they just look lost. As time goes by, they're beginning to get a bit more comfortable. As time goes by, they're lifting their hand a bit. <laughs> As time goes by, you can tell, okay, now the word is settling in. Before you know it, they're the ones saying in my city for you. <laughs> then I've seen others. They are just reaching the door. <laughs> because <laughs> just on the door. I, I don't know what happens to them. <laughs> the moment they walk in, then the Bible tells us that crave 
desire the word of God that you may grow here nearby. So meaning you can make a decision for how much you will grow and how quickly. Then there are others who are wasting time five, six months. Then the day they got it, it's like they say, you know what? I've wasted too much time. In the next two days, I'm going to learn what I... <laughs> what I'm saying is, as a pastor, I can tell. As a leader, actually, you should be able to... You, should be able, you can observe. You can, you can observe. Unfortunately, you can also tell who's lost it. It's called backsliding. Backsliding is not just about... Oh, the person was now seen at the club. Oh, the person was now... Can I tell you how backsliding starts? It's when it just doesn't bother you anymore. Because there's a church that Jesus said was backslidden in the book of Revelations. They had everything. They had doctrine. They had all that stuff. But he said, you've forgotten your first love. And he said, repent and do the works you did before. It's like it just doesn't bother you anymore. That's how it starts. It's where... Um, the consciousness of God is being depleted and depleted. I'll give you an example. Let's say per adventure, one of your tasks in church is to make sure everything is set up. It's your responsibility. Everyone is waiting for you to do it. You know it's your responsibility. And that day you're not able to do it. Maybe you had a good reason or a bad reason. But just they bother you. No communication with anyone. Like, it's more like, do you? How do me? Like, it's, it's just not bothering you. It, it... Then you know you're in danger. When the word of God is being taught and you're thinking, when is it ending? But that is not so with you. But I'm just telling you, you, you have to be careful about that. I've seen... Haven't you ever seen where the scripture says how the mighty have fallen? Where did they fall? They fell in their heart. It's when the things of God don't move you. Like where your heart is becoming callous and metal. It's like God can't move it. That's why they fell. It's in their heart. May that not be the case with you. And that is why, by the way, the advantage is this. You know, uh, I may have drifted a little bit, but maybe someone needs to hear this. You know that you can set yourself up to never backslide. When I was younger in the faith, one of the things I was so afraid of was backsliding. I would pray some very childish prayers. And you know what I would say? Lord, if you ever see that I'm going to backslide the next day, take me. And I thought I was just being passionate and loving God. But then there's a portion of scripture that was taught to me. This one, I didn't, I didn't come up with it. By that I mean I, I didn't like just have a revelation. Someone taught it to me actually. And because and how they taught it to me, I shared with them. I thought they would be so impressed with me. I told them how, oh, by the way, I'll never backslide. I found the secret. I've been praying to God that if I ever want to, 
and they took me to the word. And here's the word they took me to. They took me to Second Peter 1 and verse 10. Of course, we read earlier first. But then it says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Would you like the context? Okay, but I'll be very fast. So he tells them who they are, what they have, how they are partakers of the divine nature, then he doesn't end here. He tells them, for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue is excellence. Like you add virtue to your faith. This sentence reports. Anyways, add to your faith virtue. And then he says, add to virtue knowledge. Imagine. That's what God wants you to do. Like you actually have to add to your faith. So you add an excellent spirit, right? And then you add knowledge. And then he says, and to knowledge, self-control. What self-control? The ability to say yes and no. The ability to not be moved by the wind. The ability to not be moved by any wind of doctrine. To self-control, perseverance, stamina. You know what I mean? To perseverance, godliness. That nature of God in you, where it's beyond morality. You're godly in how you do things. And then to godliness, brotherly kindness. Because rudeness is not a fruit of the spirit. So brotherly kindness, as in, you shouldn't be that person who they know as that brother who prophesies bad. First, he will finish you. Okay, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So he will commit the sin of forgetting. Then what are we told? Therefore, brethren, be more diligent to make your election sure. How? By doing those things. And he says, for if you do these things, which things? The things mentioned. You will never stumble. I was like, hey, I found the secret. I will never stumble. <laughs> Simply do those things. Now, I said all that to tell you that one of the things that I'm able to tell is when a person has caught it, when a person has grabbed a hold of it, when they have possessed it as their own. And like I said, unfortunately, I'm also able to tell that this one has let go of it. And in these weeks, I'll be taking you into detail of what we are catching, how to catch it, and also how to guard it. But I hope you're hearing these insights from the Spirit of God. Ladies and gentlemen, what are we catching? What are we catching? Let's read the following portion of Scripture and perhaps we'll continue the next week. I can't believe time has gone this much. I want us to get used, by the way, to reading long Scriptures. So if I say we're reading 32 verses, Matthew 13 and verse 1. What are we catching? On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. For those who are in the media department or you are in 
or you attended the virtual church training, you understand why he sat by the sea, right? He was using the technology of his day. Otherwise, the great multitudes wouldn't have been able to hear him. And great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat. So that what would happen? In technology, the wind, right? Would help with the amplification of the voice. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. So, he had a pulpit. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went to sow. Ladies and gentlemen, when there are portions of scripture we've read so many times before, sometimes those are the ones we should be the most careful with because we might find that there are words we never saw or there are insights we never got. So he says, a sower went to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth, no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root and withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. The interesting thing is that the seed that was being sown was the same quality and it appears to be the same quantity which was sown on all ground. That's the very interesting thing. That you can be exposed to the same message, exposed to the same systems, exposed to the same environment, exposed to the same atmosphere, exposed to the same Jesus. But then, in this portion of scripture, he's given us a certain level of responsibility when it comes to our growth in the spirit. Spiritual growth is not arbitrary. It's not random in nature. It's not haphazard. As a matter of fact, dare I say this, spiritual growth is predictable. What do I mean by predictable? I don't mean to a worldly man, but to a spiritual man, you can tell this one, there's something they're catching. And then afterwards, there are certain signs that begin to show. There are certain, there's a growth pattern. There's something you can trace. Maybe that's why for Timothy, we're even told his ancestry. Because you could trace that this guy from this and this stage, there's a stage with, let's say with the Apostle Paul, when he was giving his testimony, he would always go back to that encounter he had with the Lord Jesus you realize that salvation is traceable. You can trace it to, we can trace to a certain period of time. And you know, unfortunately, there are people who just, I don't know. <sighs> For me, it's worse than being lost. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Having a form of godliness and denying its power. Like they, I don't know, like what they're interested in, just, I'll just be a good person, I'll go to church every now and then, I'll just do my school, and just love God and love people, and uh, just that, have my family, one or two children, we'll get a house dog, we'll name him Scooby, and I'll be nice, I'll say my condolences when people have a funeral, 
I'll send apples and someone. What is that? Is that all there? And then afterwards, when I stand before God on Judgment Day, I will tell Him, "Well, I was nice and I was a good wife, and I used to cook." Do you think that's what Jesus taught the disciples to go and raise? It's like, is that all? And then. For me, it's one of the most frustrating things. No sense of purpose. And you know the trouble with being in that bubble is that this is not a fairy tale where they just went and lived happily ever after until the sequel to the movie came out and then we discovered they were not really happy ever. So... The thing is that it's not a fairy tale. There are things that can happen that can burst the bubble. Suddenly things change in the world. Suddenly leaders change. This changes. That virus is there. This is the... What happens when your world gets turned upside down? What would you have planted on that? I mean, one built with the rock, one built with sand. The wind came for both. In all those things, what happened if one day somebody you love comes to you and tells you they're being attacked by witchcraft. What would you do? You would say, Satan, I'm a nice person. So leave me alone. What? <laughs> Satan didn't get resisted by that. Anyways. As we're ending. Jesus went on to say something. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, that means he was not talking about physical ears because in that environment, they all had them. He was talking about spiritual ears. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? I'm not going to explain the verses today. I'm just going to show you. And he answered, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Do we have the TPT? Let me have the TPT. He explained, you have been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden truths and mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have will be taken from them. Ladies and gentlemen, Later on, he was asked a few questions. Um, that's why I teach using parables. I just want to end on one verse. Because they think they are looking for the truth. Yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they will never fully perceive the message I speak. The prophecy of Isaiah describes them perfectly. That although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand it. Thing I say. They look and pretend to see but the eyes of their hearts are closed. So they're actually eyes of your hearts. Now are you linking that to Ephesians where Paul says that the eyes of their understanding being enlightened? Okay. 
Their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged and are hard of hearing. And they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see and open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. Then they would turn to me and let me instantly heal them. Verse 16. Give me the New King James. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Now, he then begins to explain the parable of the sower. And I want to end with just one verse. Because the parable of the sower can be seen from the different portions of scripture. There's something Mark mentions as he talks about the parable of the sower. Because the question we're asking is, what are we catching, right? It's very simple. Mark 4 verse 14. Let me have the NIV. Mark 4 verse 14. The farmer sows the word. Ladies and gentlemen, the seed is the word. That seed is the word. I'll expound on this next week, Wednesday. I've only got one question to you. By the way, just thinking about that, do you remember that man we read about earlier? What was he hearing in Portage? The word. And what was happening? Paul could see he had faith. To be healed. And how does faith come? By hearing. And hearing by the word. I can see you're catching it. I can see someone in here who's caught it. I can see someone over there on the online audience who's caught it. This you're catching. This you are catching. Someone is saying online that we need a Zoom session. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about catching it. And the first thing we've identified today is that what is caught is the word. As we go into next week's session, you understand a, a, a more, a bigger description of this. And then we'll go into how we can catch this. Because I don't know about you. I don't want to just be the good ground. I want to be the good ground that produced 100 fold. Not the 34th or the 64th. Because the Bible says, desire the best gifts. Is there anybody in here who's not born again? Or in the online audience, you've not given your life to Jesus. And you can tell. This one you can tell. Because from the depth of your heart, you know when you're right with God. And you know the biggest thing you're robbed of when you're not right with God? It's that peace with God. It's awkward. <laughs> but would you like an opportunity to just give your life to him? Perhaps you may even have been brought up in these things, but you lost your way somewhere along the line. This could be an opportunity for you to be restored. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord, and I'm born again. Amen. I want you to say after me, everyone. Say in the name of Jesus. Stand as you say this. Say in the name of Jesus. I am that fertile ground. Say in the name of Jesus. I want to hear it. My heart is fertile. 
the eyes of my understanding are open. My mind perceives the things of God. My eyes see the things of God. My ears hear the things of God. My heart contains the thoughts and the feelings of God. In the name of Jesus. I have caught it. I am growing. My faith gets bigger by the day. And I am producing fruits. I am producing results. Amen. Wonderful. Don't you just love being at church? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.